1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning at verse 23, says, If therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an outsider enters, he is convicted by all, he's called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 23 through 25, the Bible demonstrates that guests have come into the assemblies of Christians ever since the beginning. And one of the purposes of the assembly and guests coming in there is that they might be convicted that God is among us and that they might fall before God and worship Him, that they might become one of us, that they might become children of God. Therefore, from the very beginning... The assemblies of God's people have been used as a means of evangelism. I recognize, as many will point out today, that the purpose of our assemblies is not strictly that of evangelism. I understand that. The purpose of our assemblies is, of course, for us to honor and praise and glorify God and to edify one another, building one another up. But one of the side benefits is that because we meet and people know we're meeting and we're telling people about it, guests come in to find out who are these people and what are they doing. And we want them to be convicted when they come into our presence that God is among us. Because of that, in the past year, we at the Franklin Church have made very specific and very purposeful steps to use our assemblies as a means of evangelism. Yes, I believe that we must still knock on doors and talk to friends and neighbors, that we need to ask questions of our family and our friends. I'm not trying to suggest that we don't do those things, and I hope that nobody has stopped. Yes, I believe that we need to continue to talk to folks in line at Walmart to invite the checker at the bank. But one of the things I think we need to recognize is that who better to view as a prospect than somebody who has already taken the time, whether because of invitation or just because they wanted to find out who we are, who has already taken the time and demonstrated enough interest to come into our assembly and find out what we're doing. Clearly, if a non-Christian from our community comes in here wanting to find out about us, that's a person who's a prospect. Would you agree? Absolutely. And we cannot be considered good stewards of the opportunities and resources that God has given us if we allow folks to come into our assemblies and leave and we don't do anything about it. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And so we have started what we call our guest evangelism program. If you're our guest here tonight, in some ways I want to apologize to you because you're getting to see something very personal for us and you're probably going to walk away saying, well, that's not helping me much at all. But I hope that what you will get to see is what we are concerned about, that you'll be able to know us a little bit better and why we work and how we work and some of the things that we're doing because we are concerned about people's souls. We want folks to go to heaven. We are not the least bit interested in folks coming into our assemblies and thinking that's wonderful and then leaving and not ever changing their lives. We hope that they will see that God is among us and that they will want to be a part of us so that they can go to heaven as well. And so... Again, on the one hand, I apologize, but on the other hand, I hope it, it, it introduces you to who and what we are and, and what we're doing. Since we started this program a little over a year ago, we've had lots of new people that have come to the congregation. And since that time, we haven't always been as good as we promised we would about 
informing everyone what's going on with our guest evangelism. And so as we come to a part where we're shaking up the roles a little bit, assigning folks and getting folks in different areas to, to help with our guest evangelism program, I thought it would just go ahead and, and be good. Instead of trying to establish some other time and getting everybody interested to come at another time, so let's just go ahead and remind ourselves of the work that we're doing, why we're doing it, and what work you can do. I think one of the great things about this is there's something for everyone, every personality type, whether you're a people person, whether you're a detail person, whether you prefer to stay behind the scenes person, whatever kind of gifts that you have and whatever abilities and personality you have, there's something for everyone to be involved in what we're doing in our work as evangelism. Now, again, keep in mind, there's all kinds of work that we still need to be doing and establishing regarding home studies, regarding study groups that meet on a regular basis, and those are things that we are going to do. But one of the things that we're starting with is this guest evangelism and getting it in place and moving forward with that so that as we bring guests in, we'll know how to deal with them. So as we examine that tonight, before we do, would you bow with me in prayer, please? Almighty God and Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your love and your mercy. We're thankful that you use us as part of your plan. We pray that those who come into our assemblies will recognize that God is indeed among us, that they will be convicted, that they'll recognize that they need to have your grace as well, that they'll want to become a part of your family so that they can be with you forever in heaven. Father, I pray that our motivation will be pure. I pray that our goal will be to help others become your children. Father, help us never to feel that we're trying to put others in their place. Help us never to feel that we're in some kind of competition. Help us never to feel that we're in some kind of numbers race. But rather, Father, help us to look out into the world and see those who are lost and dying who are going to hell, those who are like sheep without a shepherd, distressed and downcast, and that we will all do whatever we can, whether here in the assembly, whether working as part of the congregation, or whether as individuals, that we'll do whatever we can to help draw people into the family of God. Father, we love you and we thank you for loving us and we're thankful that you've allowed us to be a part of this plan. We don't deserve it and we recognize that we are flawed in so many ways and we pray for your strength and your hand to be with us so that we might multiply and draw people into your kingdom so that we all might be together with you forever. Through your Son we pray. Amen. When we think about this guest evangelism, I want to talk about why we're doing it, what our goals are, what our purposes are, what we're trying to accomplish with that. You'll remember in James chapter 2. Turn, if you will, to James chapter 2. Very important passage. In James chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, the Bible there says, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to that poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? What James is pointing out is that we are supposed to have a demonstration of impartiality when guests come into our assemblies. So one of our main goals, in fact, kind of a governing principle, is that we want to demonstrate honor and respect and love and care and concern for every guest who comes into our assembly, no matter what they look like. If they're black or white or Hispanic or Indian, it doesn't matter. If they're rich or poor, it doesn't matter. If they look like just like us and dress like just like us, that's good. But if they come in and their pants are hanging down here and they've got a nose ring and their hair's painted blue, we don't care. Because we want to demonstrate the love of God to them because everyone needs a Savior. Would you agree with that? 
And therefore, no matter what they look like, when they come in here as our guests, we are supposed to demonstrate impartiality to them. Demonstrating honor and love and care and respect. So that they might be able to see that the love of God resides among these people. That's our goal. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. And we're taking very specific steps to make sure that that takes place. And because of that, as we consider a guest evangelism program, we've established three goals that we want to accomplish with our guest evangelism. Number one, guest perception. Guests come into our assembly, they should not ever make it from that parking lot, through that door, through that foyer, into a seat without somebody talking to them. That would be atrocious. And if you're our guest here tonight, and that happened to you, unless you came in late, but even then, there's supposed to be somebody back there talking to you, but if that happened to you, would you please let us know so that, so that we can slap some folks around or something? Because that is not what we want to happen. We want to receive our guests. We want to demonstrate that love, that care, that concern. We hope that when you come in here, you will feel like you are among friends and among family. Have you ever been somewhere where you were totally new, you didn't know anybody? I just want you to think about that feeling. We come in here and we know everybody and it's just natural. And, it, and if, nobody ever, if, if nobody talks to us that day, it doesn't bother us that much because we're just going about our business and we know what we're doing. But do you remember that time you went someplace and you were the only one? You didn't know anybody else? How did you feel if nobody talked to you? We don't want our guests to feel that way. We want them to be received. By the way, brethren, that's one of the reasons why I specifically use the word guests and not visitors. Have you ever noticed that museums have visitors? You visit a museum, you come in, you look around, you leave. But hotels and restaurants, what do they have? They have guests. Why? Because that word guest refers to someone that we're serving. Not somebody who's stopping in and leaving, but somebody that, that, that is here and we're here to serve them. And so we need to remember that. That those who are coming in that aren't members of our congregation, they're our guests. They're our honored guests. And we want to treat them with honor and respect and receive them when they're here with us. Could you imagine if you walked into somebody's house, they invited you to come into their home, and you knocked on the door, and they opened, and they said, come on in, and you walked in, and you kind of wandered around in the hallway, and, and because they just walked off, and you just, you just kind of walk in, and well, there's the living room with the sofa. I, I, guess, I'll, I guess I'll go sit down. And you kind of hang around, and the kids come running through, and, and the husband and the wife, they're talking with one another, and you're just sitting there, and then all of a sudden they've got dinner on the table, and, well, I, I guess I'll go. Am I supposed to go eat? I don't know. I mean, I thought that's why I was invited here, but I, I don't know. Could you imagine that happening? And yet all too often that sort of thing happens when we invite folks to come into our assemblies. They come in, and they're, they don't have any idea what's going on. Am I supposed to go to a class? Am I supposed to sit out here in the auditorium? Where's the restroom? Where's the nursery? I've got a screaming baby. I don't know where to take them. So guest reception, anticipating their needs. The second thing is guest information. This is a two-way thing. Number one, we want to provide information to our guests. We've already alluded to that under our last point. We want our guests to understand, here's what we're going to do. Here's where we're going to do it. Here's where we're going to be, and here's where you ought to go. And so in passing on guest information, we're going to let them know if they're here for our class period, here's the classes that are going on. Here's where they are. Here's how to get to them. By the way, let me introduce you to the teacher so that you'll know the teacher, and the teacher will know you. 
we're not having class. We're just having our assembly. And so we want you to come in. This is where we're going to sit. You can sit anywhere. It's anywhere in here, and we're going we're gonna to assemble, we're going to sing, we're going to pray, we're going to take the Lord's Supper, we're going to give of our means, we're going to hear a sermon, we're going to study God's Word. Here are the things that we're going to do. Come in and join us. Here's where we're going to do it. Feel at home. By the way, part of this guest information, giving them inf- information, is anticipating their needs. I almost hate to say this from the lectern, but I know I've already mentioned it once. Folks come in here within the two to three hours that they might be here on a Sunday morning or any other time, they're probably going to have to use the restroom. I know we don't like to talk about that out loud, but we need to keep in mind that we need to let them know where they are. If they have children, they're going to want to know what to do if their child becomes unruly, as all of our children do at times. I mean, except mine, of course. They're going to even know, here's, here's what we've got planned. And especially for a lot of folks today who've been to visit churches where they just took their kids and dropped them off somewhere, they especially need to know what we're doing. We just need to let them know. We, we bring our kids in here so they can learn to worship with us. But if there's a problem that you need to deal with, here's the nursery. This is anticipating needs and passing on information. We want to make sure people get that information, right? But there's a two-way street. We also want to receive some information because we want to let our guests know how much we appreciated them being here. Let me point out to you, if you're our guest, we don't hand you a guest card because we want a permanent record of your visit so that we can make sure to keep you on our mailing list and we're going to hammer you with stuff for the rest of your lives. No, we want to let you know that we appreciate you coming. We want to let you know about other things that that we've got going on. And so, specifically, we've assigned people who are going to make sure to get this little guest information packet. And that's got some information about the congregation in it. And it's got a little guest card. Maybe. A little guest card that we want folks to fill out so that we can let you know how much we appreciate you coming. We want to give you information. We want to receive some information from our guests. And finally, follow up. This is especially important for those who are not Christians. Because some may come into our assemblies and leave, and we want to make sure to follow up with them. Let them know, number one, how much we appreciate them being here. Number two, to invite them back. Number three... Because our guests who come in here have spiritual needs that we can help meet. And we want to let them know that we're here to meet them. Do they need prayers? We want to pray with them. Do they need teaching? We want to help teach. Do they need comfort and support? We want to be there to help them so that they might realize that God is among us, that these are people who love God and love others. So these are our three goals with our guest evangelism. Number one, guest reception. Number two, guest information. And number three, guest follow-up. Now, what I want to do next, and I've got a couple of fellows who are going to help me, Dale, and I think Bill, they're going to hand you out a sheet of paper. And for those who've been members here longer than a year, you've probably seen a paper just like this before. Uh, But for others, you haven't. Go ahead and start handing those out, guys. We want to talk about the roles that we have in our guest evangelism, because this is the work that everybody in the congregation can be involved in. Now, everybody needs a copy of this. I hope I made enough. Everybody who is a Christian needs a copy of this, who's a member of the congregation. Uh, if you're not a member, feel free to take one just so you can see what's going on and you can follow along. But if you filled one out before, that doesn't matter. Fill it out again because we're about to do a reassignment and, and a reshaking up of the roles and we want to find out what you're wanting to do now. There's some folks who said, you know what, six months ago I wanted to try this, but I found out I don't want to do that anymore. But I'd like to try something else. And so fill that out as we go along. I'm going to talk about those roles that we have as part of our guest evangelism program. And while these guys are passing out this paper, let me just share with you a couple of things. Please, 
do not feel obligated to check every one of them. I mean, if you really feel like, hey, I can do any one of these, that's fine. But if you look at one of them and say, I don't think I'd be any good at that, I don't want to do that, do not think that you're being less than spiritual by not checking that one off. That's one of the reasons we have so many roles, is so that everybody can sit in a place where they can be good, where they can feel comfortable, maybe be challenged a little bit, but where everybody can be a part of what we're doing. Now, number two, please check something. Because we ought all to be a part of this. And I realize that in the work that we're doing, there, there will be a limited number of roles right now, but as we grow, it'll, it'll expand, and there'll be more, and there'll be more room, and we're getting to know you and what you're willing to do. So please don't feel bad about not checking everything, but please, please do something. No matter how old you are as a Christian, please do something and be a part of this. As you think about the ones that you want to be involved in, make sure that if you check it, that you really can be involved in it, that you really can accomplish the goal. Anybody else need one? Everybody who's a Christian get one? Good. All right. Please make sure that if you check a role, you really can do it. I'm just going to tell you, if you if it is just absolutely, totally opposed to your nature to get here 20 minutes early on Sunday morning, do not check greeter. Okay? Just just don't do it. Because, because that's what you got to do to be a greeter. you got to be here 20 minutes early. And if you just can't, We'd just much rather you say you're going to be one of the prayers of the card distributors than for Kurt to have to run around finding replacements for you because you're late 75% of the time. Okay? So please make sure, listen to what each role entails, and, and pick the ones that you really can do, that you want to do, that you think you can do a good job, that you can be excited about. All right? Everybody ready? We're going to take these up at the end here, so don't think, okay, I'll take this home with me and think about it. You got to, we're, going to, we're going to fill it out tonight. I'll give you a few minutes at the end to go ahead and make your final choices, and then we're going to take them up so that I can take them with me. And by the end of this month, we're going to have new assignments for everyone. Aren't you all excited? Okay, say that convincingly, please. All right. This is a great work. This is about saving people's souls. And a lot of times we don't think about some of these very practical things that we need to be involved in. But that's, that, these are the things that we're going to be doing, at least as far as our guest events. Well, role number one. We remember what it says in Acts chapter 11 and verse 21, right? This is kind of the bedrock for things that we've done here and for this work even with our guest evangelism. It says, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The Antioch church had a lot of success because the hand of the Lord was with them. If we're going to have any success, the hand of the Lord has to be with us. And therefore, the bedrock of everything we do and the bedrock of what we're doing with our guest evangelism is to invite the hand of the Lord to be with us. So the bedrock. One of the most important things that we're doing in all of this, the most important roles, one of, is the prayers. Now, who ought to be praying in this congregation? Everybody, right? And we ought all to be praying for our guests, and we ought all to be praying for evangelism. In fact, if you're following the schedule that we talked about at the beginning of the year, every Wednesday you ought to be praying about our evangelism efforts, right? And I hope you've been doing that. Because I need it. And so does the congregation. But one of the things that we've done as part of this is to make a very specific and purposeful part of our program is prayer. And so we've established two prayer groups, a ladies' group and a men's group, that every Sunday night following our assemblies, they meet for a few minutes of prayer to name our guests in prayer before the Lord, 
to mention any special requests we have. If there's any issues about evangelism that have come up in the week, we'll pass that information on to them. If we know about studies that somebody's having, we pass that information on to them to pray for that and to pray for our evangelism in general. We have two groups, typically made up four or five people in each one, and they meet every Sunday night to pray about these things. Uh, when we've set up these groups in the past, some have said, well, do we have to meet at the building or can we meet at home? I really don't care where you meet as long as every Sunday night we'll appoint somebody who's a leader and you can work that out among you if you're part of that group. But every Sunday night after our evening assembly, we want these folks praying specifically for our work to ask the hand of the Lord to be with us, to ask the hand of the Lord to be with our guests and the work that we're going to do to follow up with them. And so if you'd like to be a part of that, go ahead and check that off and say I want to be there. By the way, make sure to put your name on the list. There should be a spot up there that says names. Don't forget to do that. Greeters and escorts, probably part of the backbone of what we're doing in our guest evangelism. This goes back to our goal to receive the guests. How many of us should greet our guests? Every one of us. You see a guest in the parking lot, please, please do not wait to get to the door and once you walk in the foyer, oh, hi. Uh, say something to them in the parking lot. If you see them in the foyer, say something to them there. If you see them in the hallway, say something. But we all ought to be greeting our guests. So when we talk about greeters and escorts, we just basically call them this for lack of a better term because really the purpose of the assigned greeters is not that they're the ones who greet our guests. Everybody's doing that. But the greeters and escorts, their job is specifically to make sure that, that we have this facilitation of information, to make sure that every one of our guests receive one of our guest packets, to make sure that they know that there's a guest card that we would like for them to fill out so that we can let them know how much we appreciate them having been with us and to make sure that we get that card back. And the escorts, of course, are those are the greeters and escorts in order then to help them get to where they need to go, explain where the classes are, explain what the order of the assembly is, let, anticipating information, letting them know where the restrooms and nursery are, uh, helping their kids get to class if they need that, and those sort of things. That's what the greeters and escorts are. Part of that role, as I've already mentioned, is being here 20 minutes early to each of the assemblies and classes. And we can feel that. One of the negatives, I will just go ahead and tell you, and you, and you may just absolutely not want to be a part of it because of this, and that's okay. One of the negatives is, how many of our guests actually get here before the class or assembly starts? One out of like 10,000. And so that means that if you're going to be a greeter or an escort, you're going to miss about the first 10 minutes of class, and then the first 10 minutes of the assembly, you're going to be in the foyer. And then you're going to come in and join. I will say this, though. After that first 10 minutes is up, you are supposed to go to class. Don't become a greeter because you think you'll be able to hang out in the foyer for the class period. That's not the way it works. All right? So, greeters and escorts, folks who are helping receive the guests, giving them the information, and then helping them get to class and helping them get into the assembly when necessary. Card distributors. This is very simple. If we're going to follow up with our guests who have filled out a card and given it to us, and I almost hate saying this because I know we've got guests in the audience and I don't want to give, you, give away our trade secrets, but we're doing this because we care about you. But if we're going to follow up, if folks are going to call, if folks are going to write, if folks are going to email, they've got to get a copy of the card. And so we've set up, I think, three or four people, typically each time, who gather the cards as they're filled out, they go and make copies, 
And we have a bin in the library that's divided up in several uh, boxes so that everybody who's involved in follow-up, there's copies of those cards placed in there so that they then can fulfill their role of following up with the guests. All right? If, if you are willing to, after, and, and typically it's divided up between three or four people, and they work on which assemblies and classes they're going to deal with this, but we want it immediately following the assembly that the guest is here, these cards get copied and put in the boxes. If there were no guest cards that day, then you take a little sheet, say no guest cards, copy it, put it in the boxes so everybody who's going to be following up knows. And that way everybody can do their job as quickly and as efficiently as possible. So those are the card distributors, getting those, copying those, putting them in the boxes. You don't have to go hunt people down. You just copy them and put them in the boxes with the number that we have assigned there. All right? Very simple. Databasers. Jerry Chilcote laughs just a little bit because she has been our databaser for the past year, but we've had a problem getting our database together. However, we think we've got that about resolved, and so we've got, we're going to have to have somebody who's going to compile information because we want to keep track of what kind of guests we've had. We want to make sure that we've been doing the work that we're planning on doing, and so the databaser is going to fill all that stuff in the computer. We've got a computer downstairs in our workroom that will just be ready-made for this. Or, you know, if you've got access on your computer at home, you can be involved in this, not a problem. But we're going to get that database together within the next couple of weeks, and we need folks who are willing to input information so we, so we can track and keep up with it. And Jerry, I think, is probably tired of doing that, huh? <laughs> All right. Emailers. Emailers. You know, we have this wonderful thing called email. We use it to pass on information. I remember one time hearing a lesson where somebody talked about, hey, do you have an email list that you send out information to the congregation? Absolutely, we have that. All right, do you have on your guest card where you get people's emails? Oh, yes, we have that. All right, do you ever email them? Well, no. But you think about this email. Now, we're going to write letters and cards, but it's going to take two days for that to get there. Here's the great thing about email. We have our assembly. We're done at 11. By 11.10 or 11.15, the emailer has gone and gotten the card out of the distribution box. They've walked downstairs to our computer in the workroom. And by 11.30, when our guest gets home and checks their email, they've already got a note that says, we are so glad you came and visited with us. Now, do you think that that might impact somebody? Absolutely. And so... We have emailers. Now, some of them will email from home, but one of our goals is, and I'm not sure how well we've been doing this one, but one of our goals is to have one done immediately as soon as the assembly is over from the computer that we have here so that they can have that. They go home Sunday afternoon and check their email. They've got something from us that says, we are so glad you came. Come back tonight. Uh, we'll be meeting at 6 o'clock and we'll be singing or we'll be meeting at 6 o'clock and here's the lesson that we're going to be having tonight. So emailers, if you're willing to do that, and again, keep in mind that one of the responsibilities there is going to be you're going to have to stick around until that card gets copied and put in the box. And, and not all the time, but you know, you'll work it out among the group that you work with. But some of the time, be sticking around for 15, 20 minutes in order to get that email out immediately. Writers. Card writers, letter writers. This is, this is one of the things that we do, and we, we do it really well because we have our ladies groups that meet every Sunday night. And they just about do this so well that when we sat down and said, what are we going to do with our guest evangelism program? Well, we need writers. We said, well, that's covered. Uh, but, of course, if you would like to be involved in writing letters and cards, feel free to check that down. If you're, if you're not one of the sisters who will be meeting with the ladies groups, we'll be happy to figure out a way to help you be involved 
with writing the letters and the cards. I'll tell you, you don't know how important this is. I was visiting down at a congregation in Florida. And the, one of the brothers there found out that I was from Franklin Church. He said, oh, man, I visited there. So, I mean, it was like, it was years ago before I had even, even was here. Oh, and I remember that before the week was out, I had four letters from folks there. I mean, that was something years ago, and they remembered this congregation because of that. Very important. Very important. Here's one of the toughest things that we have going that we haven't been doing quite as well as we had intended but we want to have five-minute visitors. These are folks who within 48 hours stop by, knock on the door, and just say, stay on the porch. Even if they invite you in, we're not going in because we're not here to have a Bible study with you. We're not here to harass or harangue. We're just stopping by and wanting you to know that we really appreciate your presence. I know that some folks kind of back off on this one, but I will tell you churches that have done this and have made reports have said that the, that the, the impact that this has the folks who have been visited within 48 hours, they found that, that a high percentage of them actually do come back and do become a member of the congregation. And when they drop that, the percentages drop. So we, we, it's going to be low impact. It's low pressure. We're not here to have a study. We're not here to try to even set up a study. We're just knocking on the door. Five minutes. We're so glad you came. We just wanted to invite you to be back with us again. If you have any needs, let us know. And if they ask for a study, hey, we'll have somebody call you and set that up. If they ask you to come in, I, I, I really can't right now. I'm just stopping by because I was in the area and wanted to let you know that we appreciated you coming and we hope that you can come back again. And so that's, that's what's happening here. If you'd be willing to make a visit like that, always go in twos. Phone callers. Phone callers. Somebody visits with us on Sunday before our next assembly, on ne before our assembly's on the next Sunday, we want to give them a call expressing our appreciation, inviting them to be back. Letting them know. And, and if you're a phone caller, one of the great things to do is call me up and say, hey, what's the sermon on Sunday? So when I call folks, I can let them know, here's what we're getting on Sunday morning. <clears throat> so the call, typically what we found is that Thursday evenings work well because Fridays people are going out and doing things and Saturdays people are working in the yard. But you can do it anytime uh, within that Thursday to Saturday range if you'd be willing to call folks. And keep in mind, these are things, again, if you're going to do this, please make sure it's something that you will do, that you can do, that you'll be involved in because we don't want these things falling through the cracks. And finally, we have a role of hospitality. If somebody's been visiting with us regularly for a while, uh, we want to we invite them into our homes. If you'd be willing, and, and I really do mean into your home. I mean, uh, obviously, I can't force anybody to invite them into their homes, but this is not, hey, let's go out to eat. This is come into our home. We want to get to know you. We want you to get to know us. And it's a lot more, it's a lot more conducive to that type of relationship. If you're not, listen, if you're not willing to do that, that's okay. Don't feel bad. But please understand that if, you're, if you check this one, that's what we're talking about, inviting folks into your home and, and having other folks over there with them so that you can get to know them and they can get to know uh, us as well. So these are the roles. So if you would, take just a few moments. Remember, we've got, we've got prayers, greeters, and escorts, card distributors, databases, emailers, writers, five-minute visitors, phone callers, hospitality. Please go ahead and fill that out on your sheet. And in just a moment, we'll pick that up. As you get those finished, if the folks in these two sections would please hand them in to the, the NRL here, and, and the folks in these two sections hand them in over here, and uh, Bill, if you'll, if you'll pick them up over here, and um, Dale, if you'll come down this aisle here and, and grab these. All right, if you didn't have a pen, make sure you fill that out soon after. I've got one right here, so you can come get it from me. Fill that out and give it to me.
1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning at verse 5. The Bible there says, What then is Apollos, what is Paul, servants through whom you believe, as the Lord assigned to each? I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. We need to understand that in all the work that we do, that God is the one who causes the growth. But He does do it through planters and waterers. He does do it through the opportunities that He provides to us. And I hope that, I know this isn't the normal kind of lesson that, that we have, but I hope that through talking about some of these things, we've demonstrated that you can be involved in some of the work that we're doing in evangelism. We're going to be doing things with home studies. We're going to be doing things with invitations and recommendations, and we can all be involved in those. But here's something that we're already doing now that we've got in place that we're working on, and we want to get it running at optimum efficiency and effectiveness. And we've got something here for everyone, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. And I hope that you can be as excited about it as I am. Because I'm telling you, brethren, this is, this is really impacting the congregation. This is impacting the way folks feel about us when they come. Since we've gotten this started a year ago, I don't know how many times I've heard from people how they do feel welcome. They do feel like they're coming into a group of friends. And, and, and I think we've affected people. We've got folks who are members here now who weren't a year ago. And one of the big things that impacted them is the way we have stepped up our attention to our guests. Because even those who have not been assigned greeters, because we've been talking about this, because we've been working on this, have been going out of their way to make people feel at home. And I just want you to think about it. Dan and Cindy, when you all visited with us, did that impact you? Okay. Uh, Jonathan, did that impact you all? Clayton? Wiley? It really did. It's impacting folks. And it'll impact others as they come into our community and, and non-Christians as they come in. It'll impact them. So I hope that you'll be a working part of this. Would you pull out your songbooks, please?